to another edition of the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Richard Haynes of Manhattan Pacific Realty here in the South Bay of Greater Los Angeles. Woo! We got a hot show for you this week, not to mention it was a hot Labor Day weekend. I hope you all enjoyed your long holiday weekend with friends and family. It was scorching hot this weekend. I hope you found some air conditioning, pool, hit the beach, all that good stuff. I know we were trying to stay cool, and here I am in my office on Tuesday, September 6th, and I am melting. I got to close these darn windows to keep the audio good for you guys, and we're in the first ever commercial building in Palos Verdes Estates. The Gardner Building was built in the early 1900s, and we don't have any air conditioning, and the windows are closed, and if you're watching YouTube, you're going to see me misting throughout this podcast. So I'm going to get through this one way or another. Hope you guys are cooler than me. For this week's episode, we are focusing on one topic. One topic this week. Normally it's three, but we're focusing on one because I believe this topic is so important for our local South Bay real estate markets and really California residential real estate markets as a whole. What am I going to be talking about this week? I'm going to be talking about the California Association of Realtors quarterly release of the Housing Affordability Index number. Now, anyone who reads my weekly blog, I wrote about this last week, ManhattanPacificRealty.com slash blog. And anyone who listens to the podcast or watches my Instagram channel knows that I like to follow this number closely. Why? Well, historically, the Housing Affordability Index number has forecasted plateaus in our market, price decreases in our market, when housing prices have gotten a little bit ahead of themselves. So I like to watch this closely. It's also been a great predictor of when people are too far down on real estate and you should be buying or really buying, buying with both hands. So we're going to get into that as well. Some of you have heard the summary of this before. Bear with me because first-time listeners, first-time YouTubers, et cetera, et cetera, they got to get up to speed with this. But I've got some hard-hitting numbers this quarter. I've been tracking this the last five quarters because I believe the numbers have gotten to a point where we have to really follow them. And this quarter's number is sounding a flashing red light alarm. You have to hear this number. You have to see and hear my thoughts. I'm dedicating a whole podcast to it because it is that important. So let's get into it. Before I give you the latest quarterly release from CAR and the Housing Affordability Index number that I believe is scary, that's flashing red, I'm going to tell you how they calculate this and what it produces, okay? First and foremost, it takes the current medium-priced home in California, which is just under $900,000, a new record set this quarter. And then it takes current interest rates, interest rates have gone higher, taxes and insurance. And it calculates that against all the incomes in the state of California. And it goes, if you put 20% down, how many residents in the, in the state can afford the medium priced home? If it spits out a number of 25, 25% of the population can afford California's medium-priced home. If it spits out 65, 65% of Californians can afford the medium-priced home. 50 equals 50%, and so on 
and so forth. That is the California affordability index number. When affordability gets really low, that's when red lights tend to flash. When affordability gets really high, that's typically a time people are down on real estate and it's a nice time to buy. Before I get into this quarterly number, let's talk about what's happened in the past five quarters. I started tracking this in Q1 of 2021. I track it every quarter, but I started writing about it every quarter and talking about it every quarter on the podcast in 2021 Q number one. And the reason was, is we were trending in the high 20s to 35%, kind of this safe zone, not super low, not super high. And so there was much ado about nothing with this number. And then all of a sudden, when we were in the 30s, after the coronavirus pandemic hit and everyone ran away from real estate for a quarter or two, and the Fed slashed rates, making homes really affordable to keep the housing market afloat, In Q1 of 2021, we hit 27% affordability. And that to me was something going, hey, we've dropped out of the 30s. We're now in the high 20s. We normally see red lights flashing when we hit low 20 into the teens. So I went, hey, if we fall a little bit more, this could be our indicator of when this housing fervor will slow down. And guess what? All in 2021, no housing slowdown. It got even more crazy. It got euphoric at times. Really, even at the beginning of 2022 was probably peak euphoria of everyone just going crazy for housing prices as interest rates started to rise. So in Q1 of last year, 2021, 27% affordability. And the next quarter, Q2 a year ago, it dropped to 23%. And I got nervous. Why did I get nervous? I got nervous because the past three housing plateau or corrections over the last 30, 40 years, when they hit 17%, we stopped going up and or went down. So we were at 23% a year ago. I track this each and every quarter. The next quarter, Q3 of 2021, we popped up to 24%. Okay, good. The next quarter, Q4 of 2021, we popped up another percent again, 25%. We were seeing 10%, 15%, 20% appreciation and affordability was going up. Why? Well, it was going up because there was inflation. People were going back to the office. Restaurants were opening People were making more money. Their savings were higher. They could afford more. And interest rates had stayed low and even gone down a little bit more. You could take out adjustable rate mortgages and get under 3%. Property was more affordable, even though it was going up 10, 15, 20%. It was crazy. And then when the Fed started to channel that they were hiking interest rates and get harder on inflation in Q number one of 2022, we went down a percent to 24%. Now, at that time, we went, okay, housing prices are really high. Rates are really going higher. How can we keep this up? And I predicted going, hey, we haven't fully factored in interest rates into that housing index number last quarter. We could be in for a precipitous drop when they actually factor in the surging interest rates for Q2. So here's what we've got. 
This is the Q2 number. Remember, 24% last quarter. We've seen plateauing and recessions at 17%. Some pundits say it'll happen sooner because millennials are saddled with college debt and childcare costs, et cetera, et cetera. But without further ado, I'm making you wait for it. Q2 of this year, 2022, we saw a drop from 24% affordability last quarter. The new number this quarter is 16%. That's right. We dropped eight percentage points down to 16% affordability. Now, remember, I said the past three housing plateaus or recessions all hit 17%. Great recession. It went down to 11 because it was liar loans and you didn't have to qualify for a loan. You just gave them your social security number. They made a fake appraisal and they gave you a loan. That's what drove those prices so high. But with normal underwriting standards, which we have now and in the past, 17% has been the number and we hit 16% affordability. Mind you, this is quarter number two. We're almost done with quarter number three and interest rates are even higher. And for the most part, medium prices are the same, if not higher. So what does this all mean? Well, first and foremost, 17, I've told you a million times over is the time to get nervous. 40 to 50% affordability, which occurred after the Great Recession or during the Great Recession, that was a time to buy with both hands. And then typically when you're in that 25 to 35% range, you're in a normal market somewhere in the middle of that. Let's break down the statistics. And then I'm going to get into these historical recessions. And I'm also going to give you my thoughts on where we can go from here. Breaking down the statistics that CAR release with the 16% affordability number, Medium prices were up 8%. They went from $817,000, $800,000 in Q2 of 2021 to $883,000. We're just below $900,000 as medium priced homes here in the state. The effective composite interest rate grew almost 25%. 30-year fixed rates in Q2 of last year were at 3%. Now, at the end of Q2, they're at 5.7%. Remember, when rates doubled back in the inflationary times of the early 80s, they doubled, but they doubled over a three-year period. We doubled in a 10-month period. That is insane and why affordability is getting crushed so quickly. Our high net worth clients are seeing rates above 4%, four and a quarter, four and a half, when high net worth clients were able to get loans last year adjustable rates at two and a half, two point 2.75%. It now takes a median income to afford the median priced home. That's almost $900,000. You have to make $199,000 a year to afford the median priced home. That's not even the South Bay here where Palos Verdes Estate and Manhattan Beach are hovering around $3 million today. You'd have to make six, $700,000 a year to afford those homes with 20% down. That's based on last year where you only had to make 150. And I say only, but you saw a jump where you need to make 33% more to buy the medium priced home. Monthly payments jumped from 3,900 a month to 4,900, almost $5,000 a month to afford the medium priced home. Los Angeles, the Los Angeles market is now more unaffordable than the San Francisco Bay Area. That is wild. LA, our market, South Bay, more unaffordable now than the San Francisco 
Bay Area. Without question, this affordability drop is due to interest rates, but it's also due to inflation, fervor for home buying, millennials coming of age, and record high medium prices. And sellers don't want to give up the bag and sell for lower. That's why we are so unaffordable right now. Let's talk about past recessions in the housing market in the state of California so you can get some context of what 16% affordability right now, just 16% of the population can afford the medium priced home, you guys, just 16% of California's population. 1980 was one of the first times we read 17% affordability. What happened? 17% affordability, interest rates were at 13%. Rates actually peaked a couple of years later at 16, 17%, actually went up in some cases to 19 and a half percent. What happened when we hit 17% affordability in 1980? Well, Inventory jumped, unsold inventory jumped to 23 months supply. Today, what do we have? We have like three months supply, two months in some areas, four months in others. It jumped to 23 months supply for single family homes. Condos went to 32 months supply. That's a buyer's market. Sales fell by 60%. Then unemployment hit, new construction slowed, and trustee sales, that's foreclosures, jumped by 900%. The interesting thing about the uh, the 1980 17% affordability number with all those factors, unemployment, affordability at its lowest crazy interest rates, the market plateaued for a few years. We didn't see price increases or price damage. The market plateaued. That I want you to remember with the 1980s affordability number. In 1989, going to 1990 was the next recession California housing market challenge. In 1989, we hit 17% affordability again. And this time, the run-up was fueled by declining interest rates. We peaked at interest rates and then we saw them decline, which allowed houses to become more affordable. So in 1989, there was another surge and it peaked then. What happened? Well, inventory rose again significantly. Sales declined by 30%, and they stayed slow for almost five years. The country hit 9.5% unemployment, and we hit a recession. Trustee sales again were up by 900%. What happened this time? We didn't plateau. There was actual price damage. Prices went down by 10% from 1989 to 1996. That's significant. A 10% price drop one year and then going up two or 3%, et cetera, that's not a big deal. This was a 10% price drop from 89 to 96. That's seven years of no growth and just slowly going down by 10%. Seven years down by 10%. Real estate homes were a horrible investment if you bought in 1989 and held for the next six years. You lost 10% if you had to sell. Most people didn't. You're buying shelter, et cetera. But you got no growth and, in fact, a decline. Inventory, interesting at that time, didn't get out of control and during those six years started to decline, but it was higher than normal. Last but not least, what happened in 2005? Well, affordability hit 17%, and everyone knows 05, 06 was the peak. 
05 hit 17%, 06 we hit 11% thanks to liar loans. What happened in that recession? Well, most of us listening to this podcast, you lived it or were there, so you know it well, but let me refresh your memory. Rates were going down. Peak unsold inventory only hit nine and a half months, not 23 months, not 32 months for condos. Sales were down 50%. Guess what? In the 80s, they were down 60s. In 89, 90, they were down 30. Unemployment, huge unemployment, 12%. And trustee sales, insane, right? Everyone bought way above pricing. No one could afford it. Trustee sales were up 4,000%, not 900%, 4,000%. And there was price destruction, absolute price destruction of 50%. Medium prices in the state of California were down by 50%. They stayed depressed for five years, and it took about 10 years to recover if you bought at the top in normal, typical California markets. So what does this tell us? Here's what I'm finding in terms of similarities when we've hit 17%. Things change very quickly, and we have seen our markets start to shift very quickly from multiple offers to price cuts to people offering lower to multiple offers, but people offering lower in multiple offers. But these things, if you look at the next year, things change rapidly. Sales collapse. Inventory rises, trustee sales are up, unemployment is big, and there's a lot of carnage in the economy. So far, we're not seeing that. We are seeing changes in our market, but not significant surges in inventory. We haven't seen unemployment, and we aren't seeing trustees foreclosure sales. What's most interesting to me is in 1980, that first example, inflation was rampant, interest rates surged higher. But prices didn't go down. Affordability got better eventually because interest rates surged and then they started coming down again once we tamed inflation. I'm wondering if that's what it's going to be this time. Is it going to be completely unaffordable and we see slow sales and only a few people buying, the 17, 18, 19% of people buying? And does the Fed come in and create big unemployment with rising rates and in a year or two, do they slash rates to bring us back down? That's one potential outcome. But what about 89.90? What if we're so unaffordable and rates continue to stay high? The only way to help this market become more affordable if rates stay high and if the Fed puts us into a recession and wild unemployment, and wild by meaning not 3 or 4%, but jumping to 8, 9, 10, 12%, in that case, do we go into a six-year period of no growth? And you look back and go, over six years, I actually lost 10%. That's another example of what could happen if you look at 89.90. And then you have the Great Recession where it was absolute carnage everywhere. People were underwater. I just am not sure that that is the right example. So we're not going to even think about that. Some people may disagree with me, but I think we're looking at a 1980 or an 8990 type of reaction to this, or we could have a completely different result. Let me tell you my thoughts, or at least what I'm seeing now, okay? 17% affordability, this market can't stay at 17% affordability. My clients can't afford 17% affordability. We're making offers lower. Sellers are slashing prices in pandemic markets like PV. And markets like Manhattan Beach are strong, but the higher end is not making deals. 
I'm nervous about the 17% affordability number. I'm very nervous because either interest rates have to get slashed quickly in the next year or two, or we're going to have to see price reductions to get us back into the low 20s or mid 20s to make housing affordable again in California. I'm nervous because historically the housing affordability number has got to make you nervous because every time we've hit 17%, there's been issues in the market. Here's the flip side, though, why we are on uncharted waters where it could turn out to be okay. The vast majority of homeowners, if you bought a year ago, you have an interest rate at 3% or below 3%. People who have owned for 10 years have all refinanced and go, my house is like half of a car payment because I bought at 10% and now I'm at 2.5% and I've owned my house for 15 years and I have huge amounts of equity. That's a big deal. Home supply is still at historically low levels. Yes, we've seen rising inventory each and every month since January, February in all of our South Bay markets, but we're still at historic lows in inventory and all these past recessions have seen huge jumps in inventory. Millennials, the largest home buyer is largest home buying contingent is just getting started in their home buying years. They're bigger than the boomers and can help support this market. Mortgage underwriting standards are as strong and as difficult as they have ever been. And inflation during the late 70s and 80s, you saw a plateau and then it surged again as boomers really started to buy housing mid-80s to the early 90s. We don't see any trustee sales foreclosures. Unemployment is still very low. And the stock market, while really choppy, is still fairly high. And if you've been in the market for more than two or three years, you still have pretty nice gains. And of course, interest rates, they've doubled, but there are still a lot of people who can take out arms or interest-only loans to combat that. So what's interesting here is, is we're at a 17% affordability number. And our markets or the data is about as strong as it's ever been. Strong underwriting standards, big buying contingent, no surge in inventory, no trustee sales, no mass unemployment. That has to change for our markets to see a correction. If it doesn't, I think we go into that 1980s where we just plateau if we stay at 17% affordability. Because if we're at 17% affordability, there are no more buyers to drive prices higher. If we see mass unemployment, if the Fed puts us into a recession, if rates still go higher and inflation is out of control, higher interest rates are going to make houses even less affordable. And to me, then prices would have to come down. If that happens, big recession, big unemployment, rising interest rates continue, then we're going to have to see prices come down. And then do we have that 1989 to 1995-96 period where housing prices do nothing. They plateau and slowly trend down over 10% and you maybe have a lost half a decade. That may happen on case number two. Or with these uncharted waters, is California's new normal that there is just no supply in the state. And if there's no supply, it doesn't even matter if people can't afford it. The, dem- the supply is so low 
that it's going to drive prices higher even if only a few people can afford the market. That could be the third and final reality. So here's what I'd like to wrap up on a tidy bow for you guys is, is look, 17% affordability is a scary number. And it's quarter number two. We're almost done with Q3. We've got to wait another two to three months for CAR. But interest rates are even higher today. Do we go from 16 to 15 or 14% affordability? If that happens, something needs to crack to make this market more affordable. I'm very nervous about the number. I've been telling my buyer clients, be very, very patient. My sellers who are considering selling in the next month to 12 months to 24 months, I go, I think you should sell now. We're probably at the peak. If it goes any higher, that's just, that's insanity and so what? Get your money now, it's a good time to sell. I'm nervous about the 17% affordability number. But if you look historically, if we're at 1980, we could plateau and the Fed cuts rates and we go back in a year or two of sur surging. That's best case scenario in my mind. Case study number two, prices keep going up, rates keep going up. We're going to probably do nothing for a half a decade, maybe go down a little bit. Or we're in new waters for California and it's just going to be no supply and we're just going to chug along like we always do. I don't know what's going to happen, guys. We're in uncharted waters and we've got to look for inventory surging. We've got to look for a recession. We've got to look for unemployment. That Those signs will start to show. When those start to show, I think we can make a better assessment of where this market is going or if we're just in a new California market. But I think you've got to watch this affordability number. I'll be reporting to you on the data weekly in my blog, in my podcast here every two to three weeks, and of course, every quarter with a California Housing Affordability Index number. Watch this number. It's important. We're in a little bit of scary times. No one's freaking out. I'm not an alarmist. It does seem like this is an alarmist podcast. I promise you the market is on sound footing and we're still doing deals, but I think it's a time to proceed with caution and really think through your next steps. I could be wrong and we could go to 5% affordability and we'll double in the next five years despite surging interest rates. Who knows? I'm giving you guys the data. That's the data. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm going to bring you some new, fresh insights, three new topics in two weeks. Thanks for joining me on the Richard Haynes Real Estate Show. I will see you next time. Take care.